Welcome to Cooking the Books, the food and hospitality podcast discussing all aspects of the industry. We interview chefs, butchers, farmers, brewers, winemakers, restaurateurs, restaurant managers, and we talk about how they got to this point through the good times and the bad. We discuss what motivates them every day and what they've got planned for the future. This is Cooking the Books. This week on Cooking the Books, we have Heath from Cavalier Brewing. He explains how he went from being a factory manager to now owning his own brewery, which he built by hand. He also talks about the stresses of changing the branding, as well as trying to manage stock over that period of time. If you like beer and you've ever thought about brewing your own, this is the guy to listen to. So, over to the show. Well, thanks very much, Heath, for doing this. I really appreciate it. No worries. First person, not a chef or a waiter, that's done it, so that's pretty cool. Yep. Can you just start off by telling us a little bit about Cavalier and yourself, if you yep. don't mind? Yep, so um, we're Cavalier Brewing. We started off in um, 2011. Um, I met my now business partners walking a dog in the dog park in Brunswick. Uh, it was very random how, how we actually met. Um, we both had a big appreciation for beer, so we um, would chat about beer. He was a home brewer, his cousin was a home brewer. Is this over time, is it? Yeah. So you're like, obviously, not the first day you just open it up and say like, oh, I'm into beer, you, do you yeah. know what I mean? Is yeah. this over a period of time, is it? Yeah, this went over a period of probably about, oh, I'd say six to nine months where we were constantly chatting about beer. Yeah. And um, and eventually I started getting right into, I was right into craft beer anyway. Drinking or home brewing or? Uh, just drinking yeah. and beer. Yeah. And um, so we, we actually started home brewing with him and his cousin, Andrew. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we sort of had the setup at his, Andrew's mum's house at the time. And eventually she wanted all the brewing equipment out and I bought it over to my house, I had a massive 15 metre by 5 metre shed, bought it over there. Had a friend that was opening a restaurant and um, he wanted to put beer on tap. He'd been drinking their home brew for 10 years and said, look, you know, I want, I want something on tap. I'm going to need an invoice, you better start a business. So we went. So what were you doing with the stuff you were brewing prior to that? You know, you're making all this stuff, what, what were you doing with it? Drinking it. Just, just literally, just pure, for mates? Purely for hobbies, for yeah, pleasure. Yeah, okay. So every time it was a different beer. Um, you know, it was a red ale, then a stout, then a summer ale, then a lager. You know, it yeah. was just something different every time. Yeah, yeah. Um, hundreds and hundreds of different styles of beers they brewed, um, but just bef- but just before I'd met them, and then we brewed a lot more beer as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, then registered the business and um, kicked off from there. So. So it literally, it was just, I guess, a bit like us as well. You just start off real small, a little bit of a not you know a hobby, you know, a hobby kind of thing, and then. Yep slowly grow it and people show interest and it's simple as that yeah that's right so um, what were you doing then what was your what was your profession um, at the time i was a production manager so i was working in a company that produced school furniture um, oh. i was there for 13 years um yeah sort of worked my way up into management and loved my job I was on a good salary and yeah. um and yeah, when this came along. So is that was, sales? Was that sales? Was that like? Um, no, no. It was. Um, I did furniture design. Um, I did all the production planning and um, 
head of production for the whole factory. So oh, there's like 55 people working below me. But what did you do like uh, part time, or did you do like a year of saving up, or you know, because it is a big yeah. jump. It's a, it's terrifying that jump, isn't it? So for us, um, when we started the registered the business as Cavalier, we went out to a microbrewery showcase and just sort of we just wanted to test the water we thought we'd make great beer but we wanted to know if other people liked our beer yeah, yeah, of so we begged and pleaded to get into this showcase thing where they have like 32 other victorian microbreweries there eventually they gave us a little table um and we showed up late on the day we were carbonating the beer at one o'clock the night before we didn't have a fancy bar or anything we had just a little beer gun yeah. uh, picked up our polos that day our signage that day Polos being t-shirts. T-shirts, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, when we showed up, people were basically like, who the fuck are you guys? Where did you come from? (laughs) Never heard of you. And we're like, oh, we're Cavalier. (laughs) And uh, we started pouring beer. We won best um, people's choice for the best brewery and the best beer that day. So it just took off from there straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that bring a lot of advertisement and what? Yeah, every local newspaper wanted to run a story on us. Beautiful. So that sort of kick-started it. And that was, well, like, okay. This is this is good. Yeah, yeah. So then we set up feedback, isn't it? Instant feedback. So you know you're on the right track. Yeah, that's right. You've got a product. Yep. Um, so we set up a miniature brewery in my shed, basically, like a small a small scale version of a commercial brewery. Yeah. Um, or home brewing on steroids, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, and we were one of the first registered residential breweries in all of Australia. That's what I was going to say. So did you have to get someone out? to come and check and make sure it's hygienic, yep. all these kind of things. Yep, so we had someone from the ATO in Adelaide fly over to inspect the shed, and what applies to Foster's Group applies to us. So the same right. rules and regulations, so we need CCTV, we needed um, lock, everything to be locked down tight, just in case somebody was gonna break through the skylights and steal our beer. Yeah, Not yeah. because we're gonna lose the beer, but then the ATO will be losing the money from the beer. <laughs> so that's basically how their systems are set up. So we got it approved. Uh, we didn't get it approved through the council because we knew that they wouldn't approve it, so we just didn't tell them. All oh, right, okay, um, we just went. Um, so we did that for six months, and that got to the point where it was ridiculous. I was up, I was working all day, and so at this point, so you're still at your normal still job. At my old yeah, job. yeah. So I worked at my old job for about eighteen months while we were doing Cavalier on the side. Uh, it was originally, it was always just sort of just to test the waters, and it grew and grew and grew and grew to the point where I was doing 16, 18 hour days, and it was just, it was just killing me. So yeah. eventually, um, we started gypsy brewing at other breweries, so borrowing tank space from other breweries because yeah. we just couldn't sustain it in my shed anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so, so was your brewer going there and managing it, or did you yep. just give them a recipe? No, no, so we, were, we went there, they trained us up on their equipment, yeah. and we were lucky enough to be able to walk in and literally brew our own beer on their equipment, which yeah. is... Is it like an hourly pay? Do you pay like per hour, per day, per litre? Just a full rate per, um, per like for the entire batch. So right. it was say so one X amount drum for this much. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so while we were doing that, we then realised that, okay, this is, this is a really good business model. Um, we need to build our own brewery. So we went out and got some quotes and the quotes were astronomical and we're like, shit, we can't afford to build our own brewery or we need to borrow some money. So then we decided that after six months of inquiring about equipment that we're all smart enough to actually build the brewery ourselves. So with your own hands? With our own hands. So um, my two business partners are engineers and I used to do a lot of CAD drawing and furniture design stuff. So yeah. we sort of, we sat down and literally drew it all up and worked it all out and we went, well, let's just order all the equipment ourselves Fuck. from overseas and 
ship it all over and we'll put it together ourselves. So we did. And that's a big risk. And that saved us hundreds of thousands of dollars. You, literally hundreds of thousands, do you think? It saved us about three hundred probably about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars by doing it ourselves. Oh and um, we built the entire thing in about a month. So we had all the equipment here built and finished within a month. You had the structure though, the outer structure, the, the shell. The, 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 the building was the there. The building was there, yeah, It was yeah. a spare shell, but we mixed all of the concrete for the wet, wet area, everything ourselves. Bloody hell. And we um, had the entire thing built and then had to wait five months for all the licensing stuff to come through. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We, and you're still paying rent on that and whatnot, right? Oh, we got six months rent oh, free, free thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, put all our own money in, so it was... That's a great and, story. And, um, and organically grew the company from there ourselves. So That's great. done that up until where we are today. That's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> what a story. it's very similar like for, for for us we did it very similar you know like part time and then I dropped down to four days and dropped down to three yep. days and then they said I tried to get down to two days and they were like eh, I don't think this is going to work yeah, anymore yeah. you've got three months so that was to be fair like I'm laughing and joking about it but it was really beneficial for me to say because that final jump for me personally would have, would have been a massive yep I'll probably was, still be there. It was pretty. One day, do you know what I mean? It was scary when you've got a mortgage on your house, yeah. you've got a good salary, and then you give it away for and put all of your money into something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for then sure. you're like, shit, I need to get paid. Like, I've got yeah, mortgages yeah, yeah. coming up. So it's, it's um, terrifying, right? It was very ter terrifying. So how long was it that, that, that you did do that? That um, both jobs. How long was it? About eighteen months. Eighteen months, yeah, same. Yep. Yeah, and that was tiring, very, very yeah, tiring. Yeah, same. Are you two days <laughs> off and all the rest of it? Yeah. I was working every weekend at yeah, a beer same. festival, so it was yeah. like seven days a week. What I couldn't do during the week, I did do it did on the weekend. So yeah, it's crazy. It was, um, yeah. Ooh, Cavalier, where's the name Cavalier come from? So Cavalier, we, we actually did an online competition on Facebook uh, to come up with a name because we couldn't find any name that we liked. We actually didn't find any names that we liked through the competition and we were stumped and we literally had we all we had a week left to register the business because we had that event coming up oh, yeah, we first yeah. signed up for and we're like shit we need a name like we, we just need something yeah, yeah. and at about two o'clock in the morning my business partner sent me through a um a text message that just said cavalier and his friend had just sent him the name cavalier and he sent it straight to me and i'm like yes that's it that's perfect that's suited us to a T. Uh, we're you know we're pretty loose. We're pretty uh, we are pretty cavalier. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it worked perfectly for me. And from a marketing point of view, because I had all the marketing um, for cavalier. As in the branding. Yeah, yeah, it was a name that could be put in front of any word, text, beer style that just worked. So yeah, yeah. you know, to cavalier it's, something. It seems like quite. Um, feels a bit regal to me. Do you know what I mean? Like. Mm. King Henry the Eighth or something. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's how it, that's that, what it comes across that, to me. It was King Charles the First. Oh, was that's it? Where it came from. But, uh, oh, well, I wasn't far out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, the Roundheads and the um, Cavaliers um, supported King Charles the First, and the Cavaliers, which they got named, were like a group of sort of soldiers that were basically. They would uphold the law, but they didn't give a shit about the law at the same time. Yeah, okay. So they're just really loose, and that was where the name Cavalier came from. But that's really, that's so. super interesting. That's <laughs> really go. good. Yeah. So there is, there's so many beers out there, you know, just a stout, pilsner, porter, yep, uh, brown ale, uh, American pale ale, hefeweizen. So, like, what is the difference between all? Like, you know, you go into the thing, and there's just so many these days. Yep. You know what? You know, I don't, don't go through them all. But what is the difference between them all? Would you say? Well, there's t there's only two 
specific different styles of beer in the world. So one's a lager and one's an ale. Yeah. Um, so a lager is a bottom fermented beer that's fermented for longer with a different type of yeast. So all your big commercial styles of beers, your Carlsbergs, your Heinekens, um, all the mainstream ones. Carlin for the English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're all lagers. So yeah. they're all lagers. So all the big commercial beers here in Australia, Forex Girl, VB, Carlton Draft, they're all lagers. Yeah. Um, the other style of beer is ale. So traditional English ales are yeah. ales. So they're made in a different way. Um, they're brewed a lot faster. They've got a lot more flavour. Um, a lot more different malts and different hops are put into them. Yeah. Um, and traditionally it was ales and then for a massive period of time, it was all lagers because all the big commercial breweries, that's all they made was lagers. Yeah. But now ale, since craft beer's come around in the last 20 years, has come back and all the majority of craft beer now is ales. Yeah, okay. So most of our beers are ales, uh, but we do make a Pilsner, which is a style of a lager as well. So Pilsner's a lager? Yep. Okay. And then when you, when you say like a, a beer, so like a Hefeweizen, it's German, right? It's German, German, Belgian, German? German wheat beer. German wheat beer. Yep. So that's, that's an ale, but yep. it's just what the ingredients that go into it. That's right. So, so uh, what I, do you need, do you know what you need to be to be a Hefeweizen? Is it like a, you know, this is not the same, you know, for such and such to be a port, it has to be from port, you know what I mean? Like yep. Hefeweizen, does it have to have such a, like a specific, specific ingredient? To be within the guidelines of a beer, yeah. um, it has to be within a certain flavour profile, percentage of alcohol and have certain ingredients in the beer. Right, okay. Um, there's obviously a bit of a grey area where you can have a hoppy Hefeweizen or something like that yeah, that yeah, might yeah. fall outside. And you can do whatever you want. Like you yeah. can put, you can make a wheat beer that's got lager yeast in it, that's got heaps of hops, that's got dark malt in it. Just See you, know, you can do whatever you do, yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. But if you tried to enter that beer into, say, competition, they'd yeah. be like, "Well, it doesn't fall within a category." So it would be some weird, yeah, you know, yeah, specialty yeah, special beer. beer. Yeah, yeah, um, I get it, I get it. So yeah, so most beers, um, like a Hefeweizen, would have wheat. It's got a specific yeast that you use, and it's made in a sort of specific style and way to give that actual flavour of the style of beer, otherwise it would taste completely different. Yeah, yeah. So if you, say for instance, you, you, you guys don't make half a basin, do you? We used to, yeah. You used to make one. Yep. So yep. did you, would you use the ingredients from Australia or would you import, you would just the same ingredients but Australian and then? Yep, well, so the ingredients that we use in our beer, um, so malt, water, hops and yeast, so the four main ingredients. Um, you can source malt, hops and yeast from suppliers in Australia, but a lot of it comes from all around the world. Okay. So the malt, um, the malt that we buy is Gladfield malt from New Zealand, which is a boutique maltery in New Zealand. Um, it's so what is malt? What is it? What is it? Barley. So barley, barley yeah. same stuff that goes in your wheat bix and your yeah, breakfast okay, cereal. Yeah, yeah. It's just produced in a slightly different way. Um, the seeded, the malted barley is germinated in a certain way so that it creates more sugars and proteins in it and then they stop the process and that's how you get the sugars and proteins out of the malt yeah, yeah. to create the alcohol within the beer. And yeah. then they roast them in different ways. So the darker ones they roast for longer and get more caramelization yeah, and yeah, coloring yeah, out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. So when you put it into beer, it changes the color of the beer and the flavor of the beer. Oh, um, so t to answer your question, the, there's, there's only a few suppliers for malt, hops and yeast around the world um, and they come from all different parts of the world. Um, so what beers do you do you actually make? So currently we've got a Pilsner, um, a American Pale Ale, a Brown Ale, 
and Imperial Stout. So they're the four beers that are always available and always in our core beer range. And then we do a limited release beer every single month. So we come up with a weird and wonderful beer. We do collaborations with venues, restaurants, brands, all sorts of crazy things. And that, Im- you, that Imperial Pilsner? Yeah, we did an Imperial that, Pilsner. That was unbelievable. That I was love a, that. That was a... Um, so you never go back to doing that? We've done that beer twice now, purely yeah. because the venue wanted us to do it again. Um, we normally don't repeat our limited releases. The whole the whole purpose and of our limited release beers is they're sort of one-off style beers, yeah. and you've got to get them while they're out because we normally never ever repeat them again. Yeah. Um, so that'd it, be such a shame. Uh, it, I mean, some of the beers we just get huge amount of people just going. You have to make that again. Does everyone like that one? The Imperial beers is, is they, that they like one of the favourites? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's unbelievable. It that just good. Tastes like a 5% Pilsner, but yeah. it's like 7.9% or something. So I like, I don't really like to drink that much, like as in volume, yep. but I like the buzz. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, I don't yeah. want to sit and drink eight bottles. Yep. I want to drink three bottles and, and I'm done. Do you know yep. what I mean? And I, I, I'm good for that. You know, I just, I'm yep. not bloated or whatever. Yep. So um, yeah, it was perfect for me in that sense. Yep. Well, we've got plenty of other high alcohol beers coming out, so I'll give uh, some. <laughs> yeah, perfect. It's a boozer, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what's your best seller? Pale Ale. By far. By a mile. So our Pale Ale in the public eye um, and what is sold in as the most branded Cavalier beer is the Pale Ale. Um, sort of silently in the background, we have a lager that we sell to pubs, um, bars, restaurants that they can rebrand as their house, house oh, lager. Oh, just put their beer. label on it. Yep, and we actually yeah. sell more of that per litre in keg than we do our pale ale, but we sell huge amount of our pale cases. It outsells everything by three times. So oh, that's really interesting that you say you can put your own label. Do many people take you up on that? Yeah, huge, huge amount. So it's quite common in, in restaurants with wines, and that. I've worked in. Mm. I know at least three restaurants off the top of my head that have got their own wine. Yep. Which yeah. is exa- you know the same kind of thing. You just go to a winery, you buy yep. X amount, and they just put a label on it for yep. you, and, and you have your house wine. Yeah, same thing. We we were sort of one of very very few breweries that sort of started doing that five years ago. Now everybody brewery in the country's doing it. Oh, so did they? <laughs> it's like a full thing that. Um, yeah, it's like a massive thing now. So, and venues like if you open a cool little, you know, restaurant or cafe or wine bar, and if you've got two taps on, one's your own brand of beer, your own your own brand of yeah. like red and white wine, like it's pretty niche, pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, it's e- you know, it's easy as well. You know, yeah, exactly. So I'll just take that. Yeah. Especially yeah. if it's an, it has to be easy drinking, and you know, yeah. for the masses, you know, you don't want anything too complex. You know, as yep. as we know. Yep. So when you're brewing beer, yep. how much are you thinking about Melbourne? You know. Australia, as opposed to England, where you might be thinking cold weather, yeah, yeah. more dark nights. You're thinking yep. of your barbecues and, and oh, hot weather. Totally. So over summertime, um, we know that we're going to sell a lot more pilsner, lager, and pale ale. So we have to accommodate that with production. So your stout and your brown ale. Stout, just stout and brown it. just slow right. Stout, you know, almost Stops. don't sell any for yeah, six yeah. months. Just yeah. trickles along. Um, brown ale, we do still sell. It's regu- still quite refreshing, regularly, isn't it? Because you know, it, there's people that like dark beers. Yeah, they yeah. don't care what the weather is. That, yeah, that's, that's what me. they like. Yeah. That's me for sure. <laughs> Myself as well. So um, in terms of the season, yes. So over summertime, we'll only brew our limited release beers to suit each season. So for five months of the year, we'll only brew lighter style sort of, you know, um, fruity beers or lighter style lagers or lighter hoppy beers. Yeah. And right now, as we're coming into winter, um, so we've just gone from a 4% pineapple and mint goes 
yeah. uh, which is a really light fruity beer, to a 6.4% lemon, lime and bitters IPA, which is being launched next week. I've seen that, it looks great. Yeah, thank I you. I love lemon lime bitters. <laughs> Same, yeah. that's why we did it. You know, some people might <laughs> knock it or whatever, like, oh, lemon lime bitters or whatever. They're delicious. It tastes great. <laughs> They're delicious. So fuck it, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, the Angostura bitters, it's just that uh, flavour's just Yeah, phenomenal. yeah. What a brand. I know. Oh. And then the next beer after that, which will be launched late May, is a spiced porter. So we're already Going into the, the dark cold beers. Weather. Yeah, so then yeah. for the next four or five releases, we'll all be really big dark beers. So, you know, coffee stouts and, um, you know, chocolate flavoured, just yeah, really big. Fires, big. leather. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? That's yeah, kind of yeah. what I think when I think about that. And, and surprisingly, a lot of breweries sell their biggest volume over the Christmas, summer, New Year period, yeah. um, which is when everyone's on holiday drinking lighter style lagers. We sell a lot of beer over that time as well, but yeah. we actually sell the most amount of beer during the winter because we're really well known for our dark beers. And yeah. it doesn't matter what we put out in a dark beer over winter time, it just gets lapped up really That's quickly. Awesome. Um, so our volume through winter is quite high compared to all the other breweries that are always going, oh, it's slowed right down yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're just smashing out. That's great. So it's good. It's good to get that balance, you know. Again, we look at the same kind of thing with distribution, but, um, and do you, do you look at other countries for them kind of things? Like, you know, look what they're doing, what sells well in here, yep. what sells well there. Totally, yep. So um, everywhere in craft beer at the moment, whatever the craze is, it's global. So yeah. um, there's a thing at the moment called a New England IPA, which is a NEIPA. Is that New England America? New is England that? America, yeah. yeah. So basically it's a hazy style beer to look at. Um, it's not even a beer style at the moment. I think they've just added it into some beer. Well, it's Someone just made it up right, and it's okay. become a bit of a hit. And it's, yeah. They're normally sort of really juicy and fruity with like fruit juice in them and a lot of hop. And the point is to have this really hazy beer. Strange thing is, after a month or so, the haziness in the beer drops out. So you end up with all this crap in the bottom of your glass. Oh. But it's just going crazy. Like, globally. Would you have to swirl it? Would it still work if you give it one of them, like you do with a, a it, Cooper's? Or not, you know, it would, but yeah, it gets like big chunky bits in it. So it oh, doesn't really? say that nice sort yeah, of yeah, haze yeah. consistency. And that's just a craze of a beer. And how have you found that out? It's just... We we produced one about six months ago because we saw a couple of them around somewhere else that yeah. were on social media. And literally the day that we said that we were releasing one, there were eight other breweries that were like, yep, we're doing one as well. And now every week a new one comes out. And it's not just in Australia, it's yeah, it's in America, it's in London, it's in Europe. And how is it social media that's getting that's spreading that? Or is it like yep, social media. beer craft? Is it just social media? Is there a magazine? Like, uh, you know, so, no? uh, social media, online apps like untapped beer advocate um where Forums, pe pe people go on there and they rate the beers rate beers another one yeah. um there's crazy craft beer drinkers around the world that have to put notes and rate every single beer that they have and yeah, then they've got yeah. to check in for all their beers i personally couldn't be bothered with that stuff but they go crazy for it but, no, then, it. but then you've got like a worldwide live global yeah, so you know what's going on around the world. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, you know, our yeah. beers are on there, so is it? That's great. Thousands and thousands of votes of our, for our beers on there, so it gives you a good indication too if people like. Beer yeah, or not. yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. it, it, feedback, hmm. positive or negative, you need it so yep. to know where you're at. Yep. It's funny when you look at that, like when, I, especially with food. Do, do, does food come into it at all for you or not? Yeah, totally. So we. Um, we sort of work with a lot of restaurants and cafes and 
try to design beers that we know go well with food as well. So yeah. um, we've always been in a lot of sort of fine dining restaurants. So yeah. our first, within our first 20 clients was Rockpool, um, Press Club, um, Auction Rooms, you know, a whole bunch of Ben's Diner, like, um, a yeah. whole bunch of fine dining restaurants yeah. picked us up really quickly because our beer is, is really flavoursome but goes really well with so many different types of really nice um, rich fine dining food. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, whenever we, with especially with our Corby range, we yeah definitely think about different ways of doing it, and we do collaborations with restaurants um, and chefs. So we actually go and sit down and put a whole bunch of beer out on the table, and they bring a whole bunch of food, and we try it. Oh. We go, this will work with this, this will work with that, and then we come back again, and then we sit down and we put the ingredients into the beer and the beer into the food. And we go through this process of um, yeah, it's fantastic. And, that yeah. sounds awesome. Because, mm. like you say, like excuse me, um, you know, like I think England Sunday dinner, nice, like especially a cas is it cascale. You know that you, when yep. you pull the cascale, which yep. I don't see here. Where's that? There's, yeah, that was a thing when it sort of first. Um, I'd say about seven or eight years ago, it started to come out here. Um, it started to become a thing, a lot of the hand pumps got put into venues, but it just never really kicked off that well. Mm -hmm. So um, I would always take that at home. Yeah, yeah same. Always, you oh. know. I would, you know, have I seen that? You know, watch your house, watch your, you know, watch your cask, and also yep. session ales. That's another. Yep. You know, do you have session ales? Are you? Is we do have. Yeah, do? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Because yes. you can go into. I guess in England, there's quite a lot of pubs that are owned by breweries. Yeah. I, I don't know if that, I'm a bit. Yep. You know, I don't really know that much about it here, but in England, there's quite a lot like Sam Smith. Let's just say, yep. and they own like. 350 pubs or whatever and they just put yep. all their booze in, and then they have like special people come on you know um guest ales and this kind of yep. thing and they will have you can go in and say what's your session it's like 3.8 percent so if you're there to watch the footy all day three games you know what i mean like yep. 12 o'clock kickoff four o'clock kickoff and then the eight o'clock kickoff in spain yep. you can drink your beer you can drink all yep. day and you don't end up just you know smashing yep. your head in yeah yeah session hours of they were predominantly big in the northern parts of australia because of the hot weather so yeah. Forex Gold and some of the bigger brands up there, which you know they're pretty crappy big commercial brands. Yeah. But they were mid-strength beers because Even yeah, mid-strength, right? Okay. Because they were um, light beer or mid-strength, yeah. Yeah. So because it was so hot up there, your beers literally warm by the time you get halfway through it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they would make them really low in alcohol so that you could drink them and drink them quickly. And yeah, and you just wouldn't end up on the floor. People yep. fighting each other and whatnot. So they're just starting to session ales. Um, and sort of mid-strength beers, whatever you want to call them, it's just starting to sort of kick into craft beer now. So yeah, okay. there's so many craft beer venues with 20 taps on, but no, no mid-strength yeah, yeah, craft yeah, beer exactly. because there isn't any. Yeah, so, it, so they're it, just Is it so true? Yeah. But like just going back, it's if you if you, when you break it down and you look at it like. You know, I think of Spain or Italy or something where the, the beer is a bit more like, I would say crisp, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, yep. does, it feels a bit more crisp, a little more, bit more lighter. Again, it's yep. warmer. Yep. And the food along that's like pizza, pasta, or grilled yep. seafood, or these kind of things. Where England, you look at it and it's a bit more heavy, cascade, like we're saying, a bit darker, richer. Yep. The beer's a bit warmer, even like in temperature. Yep. But yet you're thinking like roast beef, bangers and mash, braised yep. beef. Do you know what I mean? These yep. kind of things. Here I'm thinking like barbecues, Yep. You know, these kind of things. Again, you want like a bit more fruity, a bit more yep. uplifted. You know, it's quite yep. interesting. You know, I've been to a restaurant before where you can get beer tastings as well as wine tasting. Yep. They do a beer tasting. Yep, that's really common now. Is it? Yep. That's yep. how long, you know, once you, open, you know, have a baby and 
open your own, yeah. own business going yeah. out you know you don't really go out that much these yeah, days yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so it's quite common now is it yeah so most if you've got a good craft beer venue that's got a whole bunch of beers on tap i mean without being a dick and going in and saying i want to try a little bit of all 22 yeah, yeah. beers on tap yeah um they'll do full tasting paddles but yeah if any pub i walk into now and there's four or five beers on tap that I haven't heard of and I want to try I'll try every single one of them before so I, most before pubs they'll do a, do a paddle or will they just even give no, you a little taste they'll just give you a little taste yeah yeah just say yeah no nice. worries how much so. um, education do you put into the staff that are going to be selling your, your beer like in the pubs or in the bars or whatever do you have a system um, we don't have a system in place as such but we do our reps do um, go through with each customer when they sign them up all the beers and try and get the staff in so that they all try the beer they understand the beer yeah. they've got knowledge on us and our brand so that when they're selling it they can relay that across it's important. to the it's really yeah, important because you're putting your heart and soul in that which we are you know we yep. all are yep. you know whatever you do you know and in a restaurant it's quite easy because you go you make it the wait is there you're face to face you know you've got a relationship you've, you're all in the same boat together trying to push the restaurant to progress Yep. Where you make a product, you put your hands on it, you give it to a bartender, no disrespect to a bartender, but he's got 10 other beers. Mm. That when someone comes in new and says, oh, what beer would you, what would you yep. recommend? You want it to say your beer, right? Yep. Obviously. I mean, we, we, we probably don't do it enough and we probably should do it more, but um, it's definitely something that should be done. Should be done, yeah. Um, yeah, purely on that fact of exactly what you said, that you know, you've put your heart and soul into this product that yeah. you want the customer to understand what it is. I think beer doesn't get the, the the recognition that it deserves in that sense. You go in and you just grab the pint and you have it, you drink the pint, oh well the pot or whatever you drink, you drink it with your mates and you're having a great time. Mm. You put the beer down and you walk off. Like you don't realise that that's someone's product, that mm. someone's really cared for, worked hard at and when you when, when they make that they're thinking about you having a good time with yep. their friends and family mm. and that's part of your process of like this is why we do this this is why you quit yep. your job and everything mm. and so other people can have a good time basically yep. isn't it that's yep. that's why you do it yep totally it's crazy you know yep. like you quit your job and put all your your balls on the line for mm. someone else it's really yep. you know that's hospitality in, the, in, in my in my view you know yep how do you decide on um on new products like you know, like you're saying you do collaborations and you said yep. about the food and the restaurants, but like a main product, something that's yep. really going to hit, you know, you, you're committed to, you're going to brand really well. And, and yep. you know, is it is it the trends on, online that you see, like you were saying, yep. or is it like, you know, I really like this, it's a memory of mine or whatever it might be? Yeah, it's a lot of things. So um, if there's a new beer that we want to come up with at the moment to release in summertime and it's going off the current trends at the moment, you see? Yeah. Um, and we're yeah going to put a lot of we've already put a lot of thought into it but it'll be based off of what's currently on trend at the moment but what is what is also what we know sells well in this country um it needs to doesn't it you need to make money yeah. to business as well no, totally yeah. yeah i mean there's no point making 20 fancy beers if yeah. only a couple of people are buying them yeah or even heard of them as well yeah exactly yeah. so so we want to come up with a style of beer that suits what's sort of hip now for craft beer but is also suitable for everybody 
within mainstream as well. So we want craft beer drinkers to be able to join and say, that's a good craft beer. We want mainstream people to look at it and drink it and go, shit, I've never tried that before. Uh, that's actually really nice. It's, yeah. it's not too overwhelming. It's not too overpowering. Exactly. Um, it's not too underwhelming. Yeah. Um, so it's somewhere that just sort of sits right in the middle. Yeah. And it's got a, that's it's the got, key, isn't it? It's got to have a lot of cool branding around it. So a lot of work's going to go into this beer yeah, and yeah. can it's going into can because canning markets has gone absolutely crazy in this country is it so it's yeah. i seen sorry to interrupt you um, i seen i got some cans the other day well actually a friend brought them to my house and they've got like um this weird thing on the top i, I can't explain you know it used to be the hoops oh, obviously the, the seagulls just the plastic clips yeah plastic yeah, clips yeah. That, that, that was new i've never seen that yeah yeah that's what we're using now so um, oh, so what is it like a environmental thing or is it, is it easy um, to carry or it's what's the it's environmental as in the, those ring things were literally only yeah. the big commercial breweries and they're you know they're killing like, birds and all that yeah, yeah they're nasty um, so these clips are from recycled plastic um, nice. they're just easy to put on and I just literally saw on the internet um, last week that there's a, a brewery in America that's come up with um, six pack and four pack holders for their cans that are made out of the spent grain that comes out of their brewery, recompressed down oh. into these things, and they're edible. So beautiful, just put on the compost heap or whatever. Yeah, if they end up in the ocean, the turtles and the fish can eat them. Like yeah, it's literally yeah, it's food. Fish food. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. I was just Crazy. listening to Joe Rogan's podcast today. I don't know if you listen to that. No. It's really good. And there's a guy on there. Um, it's the most downloaded podcast in the world. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. But there's a guy on there today who has invented ocean cleanup thing. Do you know about it? Great, there'll be people that say, you yeah, yeah, yeah. but anyway, yeah, yeah. there's three pot spots around the world and there's this one specific one that's mega and it's, it's just ridiculous. It's like the size of Texas is how big the plastic is in this area. Like it's, it's fucking ridiculous. So this guy's invented it. And then what the, the next stage is what they're gonna do is recycle all the plastic, turn mm. it into pellets, and then recycle it, make sunglasses and all these mm. kind of things, and then get the money back and you know and mm. just keep it going, which is a fantastic, like you yeah. say. But it's funny you should say about it, going to the ocean and then you know dissolve, and that's a fantastic yeah. idea. Yeah. I can't believe someone hadn't thought of it. Now, what yeah. a f- yeah. They're going to make a fortune. They are. <laughs> they're going to make. Paint stop it. making beer. <laughs> Painting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget yeah, yeah, the beer, yeah, yeah. the hard bit. Just make these, and you're, oh. and you're laughing tea cake. Crazy. Like yeah. hemp and that, you know, hemp back in the yeah. day, you know, that would have. But still, hemp's huge now. Is like, it? We're working with a company at the moment. It's, uh, I can't remember the name of their brand, but um, because cannabis is becoming legal here yeah, as yeah, well, yeah. Um, they're starting to bring out a whole bunch of range of cannabis that wasn't previously available here. And these guys are killing it. Like the amount of range of things that they do with hemp is phenomenal. And they're, now they're looking at doing it in beer. The first um, Ford fenders were made out of hemp. Yeah. Hemp's like, it was... It's like the most amazing product in the entire world. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's so durable, it's yeah. all this. Again, Joe Rogan goes on about, he's a big ambassador for oh. weed, basically. He loves, you know, he loves that. And, um, so am I. <laughs> and he, uh, he, he's always going on about all the things about how, benefit, how beneficial hemp is. And it was saying as well, one of them, the reason why it stopped was the cotton. I'm not going to go into it because I'll just fuck it up. But the guy <laughs> who made the cotton industry was the one that banned the weed because he didn't want hemp taking over cotton yeah right basically that was supposedly yeah so we so we all sit down and um you know we we go through all the different 
processes of um, what's current, what's on trend, what do we think is going to work, yeah. how are we going to brand it, where does it fit within our portfolio of beers. Yeah. So it's got to tick basically, you know, it's got to interest the craft beer, people who are interested in craft beer, but it's yep. also you're trying to pull the people who would normally just take a two E's or whatever, trying to pull them more onto your side as well, right? Yep. And, and yep. A bit of education, I guess. Would, yep. you know, that, yep. that. Do, you, do you put anything in a marketing for education? We do a little bit. We try and keep our marketing um, sort of voice that we're trying to portray across yeah. quite um, brief because we don't want to, we want people to form their own opinion of the beer. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah I get it. We sort of, we're very much about being an independent company. Um, so that's on all our branding that we're 100% independent owner operated basically by the three people who founded the company. Yeah. Um, Is it still the same guy, Bruin, the guy that were, who started it off? Like brewing in his thing, it's still him, he's the main brewer, is he? Yeah, yeah. so the, the, the guy that I met walking my dog yeah. and his cousin are my two business partners now. So, but they actually brew, are they the brewers, are they? Well, we're, I mean, we've got brewers that brew the beer, oh, okay, so yeah. they're, you know, we're directors of the company, so yeah. they, um, one's yeah. the director of brewing and the other one um, does sort of production and back-end finance and that kind of thing. So. And does he, you know, when you do make a, see, when we make a new product, we just, instead of making like 50 or whatever, we just make like, to you know, three or four, send out samples, get feedback. Do you yep. do? What, do, you, do you have like a little mini area where you brew like? No, 20, we don't. You don't. We, well, I'd like to. Um, there's a lot of breweries now that have pilot breweries, so where they just brew a few hundred liters at a time. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, we'd love to get a little pilot brewery set up um, in the other where we're building the bar at the moment. So, yeah. and then we can put a whole bunch of different smaller batch styles of beer over the bar as well start messing around yeah exactly because yeah. so if you mess around and it's like however what's the, what do you normally brew how many what's a three thousand liters yeah so if you fuck three thousand liters yeah you know. it's a lot of beer we, yeah it's a lot of beer we haven't poured a beer down the drain yet that yeah. we didn't like um so you'd be like even if you didn't like it i mean <laughs> yeah. still like, i'd just yeah. be drinking it you know like far yep. out. well you know all our limited release beers are the batch that we produce is the pilot batch, so yeah, yeah, that's so it. We put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. <laughs> one chance, but, uh, yeah, one shot, one kill. Yeah, stuff it up, then yeah, you got you're know three liters of shit beer. And how do you where, like? How do you get the recipes? Can you buy a beer recipe book? Kind yeah, of? there's there's plenty of recipe books around there. with yeah. just style guidelines of what goes into the beer and what you should put into them. But it's like cooking, so you you can get a recipe from. Jamie Oliver or you know someone that's got a really complicated recipe but you know to get it exactly perfect is the way you cook it yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and, the, yeah, yeah. and the process that you put into yeah. it um, whereas any, you get anybody just trying to copy a really complex recipe then they're probably going to stuff it up Cross, and not yeah. do it right they're yeah, not yeah. skilled to know what something goes along in the process how to fix it you know, if your egg whites have done something wrong, then you know you can yeah, yeah, you know yeah. fix something along the way. So, For sure, hundred yeah. percent. You yeah. know the areas where it could go wrong. Yep. And what um, is it like? Secret ingredients like do pe you know like different breweries go like some do. They do. Yeah, some do. Some uh, uh, so, uh, others quite open. This is what yeah, we do. We're this open. So some we're breweries, open. every beer that they release, they put the recipe on the internet. Um, they're completely open and honest about it. We're pretty open and honest about it as well. I mean. We make beer for a lot of other brands, so right, okay. we we have an oversight of you know heaps, heaps hundreds and hundreds of different yeah, beer yeah. recipes. Yeah. Um, but 
same goes with them. If they're in the brewery, they can see what's going into our beer. I mean, they might not know the exact quantities of everything yeah, that's going yeah, in, yeah. but if they ask us, we're not. We're, we're going to tell them. It's again, it's about how you how you brew the beer. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's funny, like back in the day in in kitchen in restaurants and that, it was quite secretive, secretive, secretive. Where over the last probably. 10 years it's really open mm. now everyone's just like whatever it's like, all the master chef stuff yeah on TV exactly and the exactly for cooking and um how important is the ingredients you say there's only a few people around the world that actually import it or you can get it off mm -hmm. and is the levels of, of quality or is it like barley or whatever it is this is it or could you pay like ten dollars five dollars two dollars yep again there's so we started using a australian brand um of malt and we weren't happy with it for a long time um, which didn't make sense to us because we were looking at the reports that we get from them about the yields and the um, you know scientific content and breakdown of what their yields are within the product that we were getting and whenever we produced the beers we just weren't getting the results that we wanted we noticed that the malt they were, they were slightly inconsistent they weren't all the same they weren't crushing the same yeah um so eventually we gave that away tried another malt and then eventually found the uh, malt that we're using at the moment which is a lot more expensive than any other malt is it but it's the the results that we get are, are way better not just in the flavor but in the yield so we're using less malt per percentage. Yeah. Um, so the initial layout's more, but you're getting a better yield, so you're actually probably saving money out even. Yep. Yeah, okay. And the company that we were getting it from, that we thought we had the really crap yield, there was a, um, a um, investigation into them about two years ago, and apparently the, all of the stats for the last sort of two or three years were all bogus. Oh. So they, they got fined millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, so they were so basically putting out a product and saying it's 80% quality of this when it was more like 40%. So, oh. so just really shit product. Um, it's amazing you think, how do people get away with that? Yeah, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, so there is, the, yeah, it's interesting. So same as, same as cooking again, I can only refer back to that really, but when you, it is about the, the quality of the ingredients yep. as well, he's gonna get the quality of the beer. 100%. Yeah, yep. exactly. Where's your beer available? like um, Dan Murphy's or? Yeah, everywhere. So it's available through some of the bigger retailers like Dan Murphy's, um, Coles or Liquorland. Um, but then mainly craft beer venues or just bottle shops, bars, cafes, restaurants, anyone that's got a liquor license basically. Yeah. So you can buy a beer all over the place in tap. Um, Was that quite an exciting time when you go into Dan Murphy's or into uh, uh, Liquorland or whatever? Well, they sort of headhunted us, so they're the, they sort of they're came the best after way. us. So, yeah. When they come for you, you're, you're yeah. laughing too. So that was sure. good. I mean, they're not the sort of be-all, you know, people think, oh, wow, well, you're in Dan Murphy's, you, you must be selling huge amounts. But um, we're not, it's not huge amounts, but, it's, you know, it's, it's across a lot of stores. Are you in every Dan Murphy's in Australia? We're not in, no. Victoria? We're, we're only in Victoria. Yeah. So, still, never, you know. um, still, it's 26 stores in yeah, Victoria. Yeah, I'm not fucking, I'm not trying to, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not on your bonfire, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it would be nice if we were national and sold in every BWS as well. But, um, yeah, we're, we're not quite there yet. Is that because so, of... Um, you couldn't produce enough or is that just because that's how you know you, you've got good reputation in victoria so you're selling victoria a little bit of both yeah we don't have reps active in every state yeah. so if there's no there's no real purpose for dan murphy's to put us on in say adelaide or western australia because we've got no active reps on the road in those states yeah so our brand's not as well known yeah, whereas yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. well known in victoria yeah. um we were in new south wales but we um 
pulled our reps out of that state, but we're just about to go in back into back New in. South Wales. So yeah. um, that's exciting. So yeah, it is. Yeah. So. And do you look at new? Do you, do you think? Or why did you go New South Wales, not Adelaide, Tasmania, or do you not? I mean, we we do sell to those states, but just small yeah. amounts. So um, we found that at one stage we we're selling in every state um, except WA, and yeah. the amount of time and power and money that went into having the distribution in all the other states and the logistics to send all the beer and manage the stock in the other states. Um, the time that that was taking was amazing. It was a ridiculous amount of hours for not a huge return. Yeah. So we decided to scale it back into one state just to see what we could do and concentrate on our own state. Bit, yeah. Because we know that Victoria is the craft beer capital of, the, of Australia and there's you know, a huge amount of venues in Melbourne. So we thought we'd concentrate on Melbourne for 12 months and see what the results were. And we sold more beer that year just being in one in, state yeah, than we did okay. being in four other states. Smart, with so less overheads. Without all the headache yeah, yeah, exactly. and you know my time of bloody yeah. pulling my fingernails out, trying to deal with logistics on a daily basis of stock yeah. going missing. and um, So yeah, I mean, we're slowly starting to ramp back in. And That's the thing, like states. we were just saying earlier about passion. It is, you know, we're passionate about what we do. We're passionate about the product. We want everyone to enjoy it and the rest of it. But as well, all that aside, it, it, it is a business as well. You've got to, you know, if you, hmm. people might think as well, oh, you're interested in making money. It's not about making money for to go in, in your pocket. It's about hmm. making money to go into the business, hmm. to then build the business, to employ people, yep. to, you yep. know, all these kind of things. It's yep. not just like more the business makes, more I'm going to go on, you know, go yep. on holiday. It's nothing yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. is it? You know? It's not at all. You've, got, really, to, you've, got, you've got to love it to be in this business because yeah, it's hard yeah. work. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah, for sure. What... What would you say would be the split between bottle beer and keg beer? Um, at the moment, it's about 20-30% bottles to 70% keg. Oh, so um, some of the bigger breweries that sell in the, all of the retailers nationally, they're around the other way. So they're about 20% keg to 80% package. Um, but we've always predominantly been a um, venue that sells, a, a, sorry, a a brewery that sells to a lot of venues on tap. Um, when we first started, we never wanted to put beer in a bottle. It was a crazy idea that we'd just do keg beer because it was so much easier, but that, you know, it just wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you make better money on bottle beer, um, margin-wise, or is it about the same? No, we might probably make a bit more on keg just because oh, it's a simpler process and there's less packaging involved. Ah, I just thought it would be cheaper. The, the, the pubs would you'd obviously buy it at a, a wholesale price. So, yeah, it's the I mean? it's the packaging equipment and the packaging material that yeah, goes yeah. into your packaging that um, is the expensive part. Yeah. So when you've got a case, you've got the carton, you've got the four pack baskets, you've got the label, you've got the bottle, you've got the glass. And with the keg, yeah, you is, buy the yeah. keg, you've got the keg, and you just fill it full of beer. Yeah, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. You don't need a bottling machine, you know. So, um, but to get the branding and the recognition, you need pack. You need people to be able to take it and to bring it home with them and stare at the bottle and see your branding and try your beer. And then, do you also think, oh, they'll do that? And then when they go to the pub to watch the footy, they'll go, oh, I bought that Cavalier. the other day. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, they just associate yep. themselves totally. to Cavalier. That's Whereas it. if you're just on tap and not in bottle, then yeah. you know, how many people? When was the last time you went out to? A, you know, ten different pubs. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, very yeah. often. So, so yeah, yeah. Well, never, never these days for <laughs> yeah. sure. So, so, I mean, we'd like it to be 50-50, yeah. 
Um, yeah. So 50% package, 50% keg. That'll be sort of nice, happy medium. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it's 70-30s ago. At the 70-30 at the moment, yeah. And what's what's the tax on beer? And also, it's just a double barrel question: tax on beer, and then is it just a flat fee, or is it more tax for the public like bottles, or more tax? Is it by the liter? How does it work? Uh, it's by the alcohol content in your beer. Right. Okay. So it's um, the ABV, the alcohol concentration of your beer. The higher the alcohol concentration, the more excise you pay. So excise is our single biggest cost, and it's literally 50% of the cost of to make the beer goes towards excise. So it's a huge, huge expense. 50%? Pretty much, yeah. Massive. So you sell, a, you sell a keg of beer for 100 bucks, 50 of that you have to give away? Yep. Then GS, no GST as and, and GST. On top of that 50%? Yep. So it's 60%? I don't know the exact numbers, but But not yeah. far off that, yep. even 55 Yep. Far out. So we've, we occasionally send a little bit of beer um, overseas where we don't have to pay excise or GST on it. And the price that we we can sell the beer for is phenomenal. It's, <laughs> it's like it's laughable. It's so cheap yeah, and yeah. we're still making okay margins on it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you know, the people are it's buying. It's cheap in England. Beer is cheap in England. So cheap. Mm. Yeah, yeah. we're one of the only countries in the world that charges, that get charged by the ABV for the excise, so. Do you think it's good or bad? It's bad, it's really bad. It's and bad. craft beer doesn't get a break like the wine industry. So the, so ready to mix drink, or not so much ready to mix drinks, but um, anything that gets a wet tax, which is the wine tax, they get um, huge um, incentives and huge um, um, reimbursements back after the financial year, whereas we get a tiny amount. Where it's almost a billion dollar industry in Australia now, the craft beer craft industry, beer. and they've been pushing for it for like ever since we've started. So we've been in business seven years, and every year of putting it to government, and it's slowly, slowly getting up there. It's like the wine boom industry, you know, in the 80s when the wine went nuts, and then the country realised that shit, it's such a big growth sector and it's employing so many people that we should give them, you know, benefits. Yeah, brilliant. They did. So, and it went, look how big the wine industry yeah, is in Australia. Yeah, yeah, that's the goal. craft beer in this country still, like, we're just still limping along as in. <laughs> limping along. Like, like nobody, all these beer producers and, you know, brewery owners, a lot of them are independent in Australia. And, um, yeah, there's just no incentives from the but government. It's crazy. It's funny, but, um, like, America's getting a real, like, is that the king of craft beer at the moment, America? Yep. There must be. Like, they're, yep. they're killing it. When you, you know, like, yeah. Hmm. I've, again, I've listened to a few podcasts and this. And it, did it start off in the winery regions as well? Is that how it started off? Yeah, yeah, look, the... So the same thing that happened in America with the wine region, the wine and the boom, and then the craft beer boom thing, same thing happened over there. Um, where there was a lot of beer and then it was all shit and it sort of went down and now it's come back up again. But craft you beer think in America. Budweiser, don't you? That's what you think when you think of America. It's weird, isn't it? But yeah, yeah like Budweiser and um, whatever that other brand is, Miller. Like, you know, yeah, Miller Lite. It's all you yeah, think yeah. of in America. But, yeah. um, you know, the craft beer scene over there has been going for 20 plus years. Yeah. And the difference, to put it into perspective, so there's craft breweries loads and loads and loads, hundreds of craft breweries in America 
that are considered a small craft brewery over there that are independently owned that are bigger than Foster's Group here in Australia. Like that's how big it is right. over there. Like, there. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if if the government just support or whoever it is that thing just support it. You know, Australia could do that as well. They could create that, you know, yep. obviously not as big because we haven't got the population, yep. but nevertheless, it could still really, because mm. Australian wine around the world is now starting to get really recognised and the beer mm. could do the same. Do you know yep. it, it's yep. They totally. need to support it for sure, mm. 100%. Yep. Um, so basically the tax is just a rip-off, isn't it, basically? <laughs> it is, yeah. Why do you think there has been such a, a big boom in craft beer in America and then... I, like, would you say England was craft beer, or would you just say it was like brewed beer, or what? I don't know. I'd say England was craft beer and is craft. I mean, the, all the English ales, um, you know, all the cask ale stuff, that's craft beer because yeah. they're all small little breweries making it, producing it, you know, with good quality ingredients, and they're only selling it locally, basically, or over their pubs. Yeah. Um, so it's not big commercialised beer, and the craft beer boom and where it's all come from is that there's for however many years the big commercial breweries have just had a stranglehold on the market um, and all of a sudden some some actual proper traditionally made craft beer comes along that's not just a you know boring lager that just tastes the same um, and people have realized that shit you know like cooking and cooking shows that yeah, they're yeah. like shit there's so many other flavors out there you know, I'm not just going to eat fucking Italian food or lasagna every night. You know, there's different types of pastas. There's different People are types always of this. chasing like mm. something new as well, aren't mm. they? You know, it's yep. And so to put it into a sort of a numbers perspective, in Australia, ten years ago there were about nine There were about nine breweries. So nine breweries. Most full stop. Full stop. Most of them were big commercial breweries. Yeah. Um, maybe that. Maybe that's Victoria alone, but most of them were just you know the big the big brands there was a few independents around like your mountain goats and your yeah. your red back and a few other sort of smaller ones yeah. um five years ago there was about 200 and now there's over 500 Bloody so yeah. that's how much it's grown america there's something like i don't know how many thousand but at the start of this year there was like five and a half thousand or something ridiculous and then another two thousand licenses pending um, to brew it to get uh, get allowed to be a brewer or whatever. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, so it's just absolutely exploded. Yeah. I mean, you could be a small, as small as a tiny little regional winery that decides to make your own beer and then put it over your restaurant and have yeah. some taps there. Um, and it's the customers now that, especially younger, the younger generations of Gen Ys, that can walk into a venue and go all right there's 150 beers to choose from all right cool i'm gonna try this today and that today and this yeah, today yeah. whereas 10 years ago you'd walk in there was a tiny little beer fridge with mainly commercial beer and if you're lucky a couple of yeah you if know, you were lucky yeah a couple of other ones to choose from and now you've got so much variety yeah um that, it's amazing yeah it's, it's great so we back in newcastle um we used to drink uh bike i think it was called biker bike is a, a like a suburb biker and the pub was under the biker bridge yep. so you've got the biker bridge the pub was in biker right next to the river and we were drinking it i think it was like biker ale or something <laughs> like you just come on yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like <laughs> this doesn't get any better like we yep. were just loving that how important is the branding on the beer to, to make it sell because uh, your beers 
they look really cool especially if you've got new let you've got new branding yep. it really pops it's you know great yep. color you've got the green and the red and yep. it looks quite I don't know. It look, it's very now. Is it? Well, it feels yep. very now. Yep. You know, I'm not trying to say it's going to age bad. I'm not saying that, but it does feel yep. very modern. Yeah. Look, we had to do a brand refresh for both our logo and our branding, um, and it was a recognition that there was a lot of new companies coming on board, a lot of new beers, and our older branding was a bit old worldly, and it just didn't stand out that much. It was the brown, wasn't it, with the, 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 yeah. the like the mask, you know, the yep. helmet and that. Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, so some of the branding and stuff that's coming out now is phenomenal. It's bright. It's bold. It's you know, there's huge design firms are you know people are people are throwing hundred thousand dollars at them just to come up with a design yeah. for a bloody logo and a brand on a beer. I mean, don't get me wrong, they look amazing. Yeah. Uh, but that's the kind of effort that's going into these things now because um, yeah, you've got to sort of stand Sun out you, yeah. amongst a, a, a relatively sort of um, not flooded market, but um, you know, crowded. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, which is what we did, and um, the feedback's been amazing. So, were you nervous? Yeah. Very. Yeah. 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 yeah we were like, shoot, re- people are going to like our. Yeah. Or even like, you know, you, you, you're in repetition. You know, there'll, there'll be people out there that just drink your beer, like mm. myself. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, just, yeah. <laughs> I drink. Yeah. And then, but you go there, you go to Dan's or wherever you do go, and you go, oh yeah, Cavalier, Cavalier. It's always there. Or, you know, yeah. it's in the fridge at that point. It's that color. You don't need, you know, it's just automatic. Mm. When it changes, and they don't go, it's not there. Are you worried they're going to go, oh, well, I'll just take this instead, where really it's a new brand that's just been, do you know what I mean? Yeah, look, it was a, um, that was a risk that we had to take, so. Was it in your mind? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. but that weighed up against the the brand not being up to date with what, what we're it, currently yeah, doing. Yeah. It needed to be done. Like, we had some feedback. We had some people on social media just hate your new branding. It's like, thanks for your feedback, buddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> Are you feeling all right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, look, Do you need a cuddle? Like, <laughs> like 98% of the feedback was positive. So you're not going to please everybody. Yeah. So. And did you see any um, any dip or did you see any rise on um, sales? We saw a dip in sales, but that was based that was our fault because we we were supposed to launch it about six months before we launched it um, yeah. but we went through different design companies and then we had massive hold-ups with artwork and printers yeah so because we had stock nearly in every state at that stage and obviously you have to draw down all your old stock yeah, and yeah replace yeah, it with yeah, new yeah, stock um, so we had a, a big period of time where we had no stock anywhere and because it was all so delayed, we had months worth of sales that, you know, we couldn't sell beer in different states. So How were you feeling? Were you stressing? That was very, very stressful. Yeah. Very, very fucking stressful. Yeah, I could imagine. Um, yeah, so we had three months, three consecutive months, nearly four months consecutively of the worst sales repetitively in the seven year history of our brand. And um, on the back of a brand refresh and complete rebrand, which costs a fortune. Yeah, I can um, And then you have to spend all your money on bringing all your stock levels back up again. To buy the ingredients, <laughs> yeah. to make it, and the thing, yeah, Which yeah, cost yeah. you, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, that was a stressful time. <laughs> <laughs> well, few, yeah. There was a few sleepless nights there. Yeah, but it's we, harder. But we came out of it and, um, you know, we're flying again now. So, but fuck yeah, that was... Um, you got to hold your nerve, right? As a business owner, that was one of the most, as, just as a human, that was probably one of the most stressful few months of my life. Do you have anything that you do do to like, um, do you know, do you train, meditate? 
smoke weed, have a beer? <laughs> is there anything that you do do just to like try and cut off? Because it's really hard to cut off, man. I, it's yep. really difficult. Oh, we have to go down to um, my wife's mum's got a beach house down in Blair Gary yeah, and nice. we literally as often as we can we're just like right it's Friday it's lunchtime we're off let's get yeah. in the beach house and let's not come back until Monday lunchtime yeah, and yeah. just switch to switch off from thinking about you business just burn, you're just burning just, aren't you you're just yeah, burning constantly it's just so hard yeah very interesting what's so what's the goal for Cavalier in the in the foreseeable future so we're now We've helped build and design some brew pubs in India. So um, we've got apparently our beers pouring at the first pub next week. Oh, that's um, so we've got a few of those on the go at the moment over there. So that's that's been um, a big long project uh, over in Bangalore in India. Um, we've just launched a few, uh, launching a few new beers into cans, um, building the bar out of the brewery. So that's sort of half halfway built now. When will that be available for people? I'd say it's three quarters built now. So we're hoping to have it open in about four weeks. Yeah, so um, it's actually pouring beer, but now it's sort of more back-end stuff and a uh, bit of electrical and plumbing and stuff that yeah, sort of yeah. needs to be finished off. Yeah. Um, so that, that'll that be interesting to see how that goes. We're in so where a, will that be? What address? Where is it? Uh, it's in Durham. It's, um, um, Cavalier Brewery? Yeah, Cavalier Brewing in um, Dermot Drive in Dermot. Dermot. So yeah, okay. it's, um, it's opposite our actual brewery. And when we signed the lease on our brewery um, for our site, there was paddocks as far as the eye can see. Now it's factories as far as the eye can see and massive housing estate. So we decided to build a bar there. And yeah, we're hoping yeah. to sort of um, tap local, into that local yeah, trade. Yeah, and good. So Your local bar for sure, it'd be awesome. Mm. So that's that's the future. So just a couple of quick fire questions. Um, the best pub, you know, Fox Hotel Collingwood. Uh, best pint. Is in best pint of our beer. The best pint. The, well, best pint that you drank. Best pint. If you you know your the best pint of yours. Best pint of ours. I'm going to say our brown ale. Um, I love all of our beer, but I yeah. just love our brown ale. Brown ale. And your best pint you've ever had? Can you best pint I've ever had is probably in um, Berkhamsted in the UK, in a little pub on the river, on one of the canals. Yeah. It was the first time I'd ever tried an English ale, and the guy that I was with said, you're going to hate this beer, and poured me this pint of this beer, and it was amazing. Was it, it was just rich and malty and room temperature and yeah, like, beautiful. You couldn't believe that I liked it. I yeah. loved, absolutely loved it. That's awesome. Favourite chips? Favourite chips? Kettle, salt and vinegar. Uh, pint, pot or schooner? Uh, pint. Wife and wine or beer and boys? <sighs> Fuck. Wife and wine. Yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? Yeah. You, you yeah, yeah. It has to be. <laughs> yeah. It has to be. Yeah. I get it. There's a time and a place for everything. There is. There anyway, is. Hey, thanks very much for your time. I must no appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, please share, like, review on the usual platforms to help spread the word. Until next time, this is Cooking the Books.